I just want to thank you, Lord, for those songs, Lord, how you spoke to my heart, and God, how you were speaking to me through them. Lord, I pray that you would just speak through me now, and God, just prepare all the hearts in the room, Lord, for you, what you're about to say to them. Lord, I pray that they would be open, open-minded, open-hearted, and Lord, I just pray that um, for the heart that needs healing, I pray that you would heal them tonight. For the heart that just needs you, that just needs you to be with them, Lord, I pray that that's what would happen. And Lord, that you would just have complete control over this service and over everything that's said, over every thought. Lord, so that you would get all the glory. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So, um, we're in the series Taboo. We've talked about sex. We've talked about drugs and alcohol. We've talked about gossip. And um, uh, I have to say that, that this topic uh, that we're talking about tonight is, uh, is the hardest I've ever had to think about. And, um, and so... I began thinking about it uh, two weeks ago, right after I got through with um, talking about uh, drugs and alcohol. And two weeks of study is probably the longest I've ever studied for anything, much less uh, for a message. Um, And it got no easier the longer I went on. In fact, um, last night at about 10 o'clock, I was still thinking about it. And um, I woke up this morning a little stressed out, a little worried, and um, tried to study on lunch, but my soup took six minutes to heat up in the microwave, and I thought, geez, 30 minutes is just not enough for lunch, and I barely had time to eat. But um, I wrote down some things that I wanted to say, and none of it ever clicked, and I was really trying to avoid doing what I'm about to do, and that's to... um, share my own story. Um, so I guess just a little um, a little background, I guess. Um, so I don't really remember much growing up as far as like hard times and stuff like that. Um, my parents got divorced when I was too young to understand. Uh, if you want me to be completely honest about it, I was kind of happy because um, I liked I liked being with my mom separate, and then you know being with my dad separate instead of being with them together. It just kind of made me feel better, I guess. And um, my sister didn't like it too much, but we went back and forth between house and house every two days, and I loved it. But um, but anyways, at, at my dad's house, uh, after I often had time, like hard times falling asleep. And so, because I was scared. I don't know what I was scared of, but I was scared. And so I was, I'd be laying there, and the longer I would be laying there, the more anxious I would get because I, was, it was, I knew that it was getting closer to the time that my parents or my dad and my stepmom that were going to sleep. And... So I knew that when they were going to sleep, I was going to be alone. I was going to be the only one awake. And so 
I don't know, that, that seems to be like the hardest thing that I had to grow up with was just having a hard time sleeping and not wanting to be alone. And I don't really remember how I cope with that other than I was laying in bed one night. It was just one memory. I was wondering how am I going to fall asleep tonight, and uh, I was like really scared to be alone, and I just started praying. And I, I don't really remember who told me about God or if somebody did or somebody didn't. I don't really know. All I know is I felt like if someone was going, there had to be somebody there other than just real people. And I just started praying, and I cried myself to sleep because I was, I was asking God to help me fall asleep. I called him God, and so I don't know where that came from. But fast forward on the 6th, 7th, 8th, and ninth grade, um, I had a hard time fitting in. That's about the hardest thing I went through. Had a hard time finding friends and uh, just, you know, I was really quiet kid at the time, but I was still like really hyper, rambunctious kind of thing. So it was just, you know, I was trying to be a tough dude, you know, but then again, just be like myself, being nice and all this other kind of stuff. I had a really hard time fitting in. Well, then um, summer after ninth grade is, um, I had been going to church for like a year or so. Um, I went to a youth camp and that's where I gave my life to Christ. And I've shared that story plenty of times. But going into 10th grade, I had the best year of my life. Before then, I was struggling with my purpose, just really trying to figure out where do I fit in, like what's my life mean. And I, I've always been kind of a deep thinker. Like when I'm by myself, I'm trying to figure things out. And, and so 10th grade, I, or when I got saved, it was like, bam, joy, peace, purpose, community, everything was just starting to fall into place, and, and so 10th grade comes around. Before then, on the basketball team, I never really played. Although I was good enough, I never really played. Some politics, you know, kind of came into play there, and uh, 10th grade, my coach told me, he was like, and he, was, he wasn't being for real, but he said, you're the best player on this team, you know, all this kind of stuff, and, and he was just gave me some confidence, and and the Lord, I, I was just like, I didn't even care about anything else. It was like, and this is through basketball. I don't know why God speaks to me through basketball, but he does. And so on the court, I mean, it was just like me and him, every game. Like I had no worries. And I was just, I played better basketball in that year than I ever had in my life. Before then, the most I scored in the game was like four points. And that was off of two layups and maybe, a, you know, or maybe a layup and some free throws or something. I don't know. But, but 10th grade, it was like 20 points. 25 was like normal and I was like I was on fire like I was on top of the world it was just like man everything is so good I'm so glad I became a Christian I'm so glad Jesus came to my life and I'm so glad I trust him and when I went home I would read the Bible and I would you know I'd get all my laundry done everything was so organized I was just man I was awesome you know it was just like the coolest thing ever to believe in Jesus and then here comes 11th grade I don't know what happened between the best year of my life and 11th grade. I can't tell you, to be honest, I can't remember anything bad that happened. But something was going on inside of me in 11th grade. It first started out just kind of an emptiness, you know, whereas before when I believed in Christ, there was a fullness it was a satisfaction in my heart 24-7 because I knew he was with me. 
And then I felt this emptiness and, you know, before long basketball season started and I thought, and this is, this is where I, you know, this is where I thrive. You know, this is where I can really work hard and, 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 and really come back to life like I was. You know, it's just I, I didn't feel my life anymore. And then I was finally on varsity and believe it or not, I started on varsity. And it was the coolest thing in the whole world. I, you don't even understand how much this meant to me. Football season was over. I no longer was a starter. And it killed me. And before then, I, was, I, I had already been struggling a little bit. But when that happened, everything went downhill. And I don't, I don't really know why, but it, it did. And... Um, I don't know what you're going through tonight, but this is my story, and I feel like this is the only way I can relate to this topic. And um, kind of hard to. Um, kind of hard to relive the memories sometimes. Try not to think about it. I know it happened, but I try not to think about it. Um, I began to question my purpose. I began to wonder about everything. And you can just imagine the best year of my life came because I believed in Christ. And the very next year, I was at the lowest I've ever been. And so I started to wonder, is God even real? The very thing that gave me life, that gave me joy, gave me peace. And what I was really searching for was purpose. I wanted to do something with my life. It, I lost it all. And it seemed just like that, where I was just completely lost and wondering. And, and I felt like no one understood me because I had lost my friends in the process of becoming a Christian. They all went toward other things. And I started going toward Christ. And I said, I don't care what y'all are doing because I, I want to follow this. And I really wish y'all would come too because what you're going after, I promise you, is going to leave you empty. And here I am, empty. And every night I would go to sleep. I would, I would try to go to sleep, but I couldn't. But I was exhausted. I don't think you understand how exhausted I was. I would wake up wishing I could sleep for 12 more hours. I would go to sleep wishing I could have fallen asleep 10 hours ago. It was just exhausting. I didn't know why I was so tired. I went to the doctor. They did some tests. They couldn't figure out what was wrong. I thought it was something physical. I didn't know what was going on. And I didn't tell anybody. My heart was killing me. It felt like a million pounds. And I didn't tell anybody because I didn't understand. I didn't know what to say. 
And I didn't want people to think I was going crazy. It got to the point I remember specific. I was laying in bed one night, and um, my mom had a um, had a pistol, and I remember going down there and getting it from her room, like a year or two before that, just to because she worked at night, and I wanted to have some protection for me and my sister at nighttime. Um, and I really didn't think I would ever need it. I just thought I was cool. So um, I had it in my drawer. And I had gotten so low in such a quick amount of time that I remember that being in, in my drawer. And I was just laying there one night, and I started to think, I feel like life would just be better off without me. And I I, get, I was convinced of the lie that all my friends and all my family would just be better off if I wasn't here. And I didn't know where to turn. And if I'm being honest with y'all, I, I did a devotion every single day. I prayed every single morning, every single night that God would take it away from me. And I would ask, like, God, what happened? Why don't I feel you like I used to? And every time I went to church, it seemed like there was some kind of thing going, some series going where your struggles, your pain has a purpose. And it was just constant. I'm trying to find out what this purpose is and are they telling the truth or not. But I remember that gun being in there. I opened the drawer and I pulled it out. And I was gripped with fear at the thought that I had gotten so low. And I never thought that I would be the one struggling with suicidal thoughts. And I was so paralyzed with fear that I just had to lay it down. And I I shut the drawer and I rolled over and just curled up. And at that moment, when I did that, the lowest I had ever been, I felt God Tell me, you're going to be okay. I have a purpose for all of this. And I'd like to say it got better from that point on, that I just knew every single day when I woke up there was a purpose to it. And, you know, finally I had my joy back. But no, the, the suffering wasn't over. In fact, about a year, maybe a year and a half later, on into my senior year, I remember going into a Wednesday night service at the church, and um, they were singing this song, uh, Your Love Never Fails. And one verse in the song, I, I, I always tried my best to sing, and I tried, and I tried, and I tried, and I was exhausted, but every time the church doors opened, I, I tried to go because I knew that's where the light was, and I was in this darkness 24-7, and I tried to sing even though the words didn't mean anything like they used to. I used to get sing and tears would just pour out of my face because I was so broken over my sin and so in love with Jesus and I was just wanting that back. So I would sing and sing and sing and I felt like nothing happened until this one verse came along and said, the chasm was far too wide. I never thought I'd reach the other side, but your love never fails. And I remember I was like in the second row And I remember just bowing my head, crying, 
because I knew it was over. And I'd like to say that was the last time I had ever struggled with suicidal thoughts or depression, but it wasn't. But this time, I knew that there was a purpose. I knew that there was more to it. It was deeper than just surface level. And I say all that, I guess, to say to anybody in here, you're not alone. If you are struggling with that and you feel like nobody else is or nobody else ever has, or you feel like no one's going to understand why you feel the way you feel or someone's going to call you crazy and send you to the fifth floor, no, you're not alone. You're not alone. And your struggles and your pain, they have a purpose. Romans chapter 8 says, the suffering now doesn't compare to anything to the future glory that we have in store in Christ. Of course you can't see its purpose. Because if you knew its purpose while you were struggling, then it wouldn't, the purpose wouldn't be complete. And I tell you what, I realize that so many more people struggle with suicidal thoughts than I ever imagined. And those are the people that I get to talk to. I've talked to more people about that since I struggled with that. And I'm just glad that I didn't. Because who would be alike to them? I feel like teenagers struggle with suicidal thoughts more now and suicide rates have kind of gone up. And I just want to share what Christ was to me during those times. See, here are my notes. You know, whatever. They don't last, I don't guess. So in Psalm 23, if you're struggling with just pain, suffering at all, I say if, but it's if you have or when you do, everybody has pain in their heart. Everybody struggles with sin. Everybody goes through valleys. Everybody has darkness. In Psalm 23, starting in verse 1, it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, 
and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. So what was he to me in my darkest time? He was my satisfaction knowing that there was a purpose, just knowing it in my head kept me going. And going to church and the fact that I have to give a lot of credit, actually, other than God, the credit goes to Kenny for the hope and the light that he provided for me. Because it was constantly, he's saying, keep pressing on. The struggle is, is hard. Life is hard. But keep pressing on. Keep going and keep going. The, your heart hurts, but keep going. Your struggle, your pain has a purpose. And every Thursday night, I heard that. I heard hope. I heard love. I felt community. And that was the only thing that kept me going. He was my satisfaction, and He provides all that I needed. He was my rest and my peace. He renewed my strength. He was my guide through the hard times, and He gave me a purpose. When I walked through my darkest valley, He was my courage to walk through it. He was my companion. Because when I was walking through those dark valleys, I was not afraid because he was right beside me. He was my comfort when I needed it most. And he was my victory. When I got to the other side, I realized that nothing can stop me. Nothing can stop God getting glory from my life. Not even death. He was my victory. And he prepared a feast for me in the presence of my enemies, showing them, I don't care what you did. I don't care about all, your, all the times you tried to get me down because my God provides for me and he is my victory. And this feast is to show you that nothing can stop me. And he was the unfailing love that pursued me all the days of my life. As much as I tried and as much as I wanted to pursue after God, I was too weak. But his unfailing love pursued after me Every single day. So what are you going through tonight? What have you gone through that you remember back and you see where God has brought you from? Do you have a purpose? Do you feel pain in your heart? Are you struggling? Are you suffering? Tonight, I want to tell you that God is going to bring you through and that you have a purpose. Your struggles and your pain have a purpose. 
Father, I just want to thank you for giving me the strength to say all of that. God, I don't know if I was supposed to say all of it. I don't know if it... I don't know if everybody needed to hear that or not. Lord, I pray if it was just one person that needed to hear it so that they knew that they are not alone. God, I pray that you would just heal them, God, and just protect them and keep them going. Lord, I just pray for the people in here, God, who who just come out of suffering, just come out of all that pain. Father, I pray that you just put people in their lives so that they can be a light. So, Lord, they can just continue to, to share what you did for them. God, for the people going through that and are questioning you, just like I did, questioning if you were even there, questioning if, if their pain is worth going through. And I feel like the only way out is to die. Lord, I just pray that they would not give up. God, I pray that you would just encourage them tonight, Lord, that you would just remind them that you are here and that you will walk with them through their darkest valley. Father, I want to thank you for being my shepherd and for loving me unconditionally all the days of my life. It's in your name I pray. Amen.